Welcome to the Future Learning Design Podcast. The destination of the curriculum together with the parents and it's based on a very real lived adult experience. Nice. So this, I hope this is going to remove us from that fake grade-oriented, exam-oriented, yeah. purpose of schools. Just just makes all relevance of education just go tumbling down. Hi everybody, and welcome back to the Future Learning Design Podcast with me, Tim Logan, brought to you in partnership with Intrepid Ed News. This week's episode is a great conversation I had with Andrea Mitria, who is the CEO of Kalina Learning Centre, a new educational project seeking to change the way people think about learning. As part of the Kalina Nua residential development in Romania, Kalina Learning Centre is developing a new educational concept in response to the question, how might we use school to serve the learning of both children and adults. As the residential development and school grow, Andrea is leading the development of an innovative, integrated adult-child curriculum. With a background in the corporate sector, Andrea is now an experienced educational entrepreneur. In 2007, she co-founded the Avenor College and Foundation, which has now become one of the best reputed private schools in Bucharest. Andrea is passionate about organizational learning and systemic approaches and has a master's in educational leadership from the Institute of Education in London. You can connect with Andrea through LinkedIn at Andrea Mitria. Brilliant. Well, thank you. I'm really happy to be able to talk to you. This is amazing. Me too. Yeah. I'm really so, excited. What I'd love to talk to you about is Kalina Nua such an interesting project that obviously I've heard about through my work with you and Macintosh but I would just love to talk about that project and your role in that but also the, the amazing vision around it maybe to start off with if you could just perhaps give a little description for people that haven't heard of what the project is and then we'll dive into some of the specifics yeah. Definitely. And I'm going to start by actually making a comment on what you just said, which is actually where the differentiation comes. I find it surprising that most of people, just, just you know, even in, in Romania, they still refer to the project as Colina No, although that's the residential name of the uh, residential yeah. project, okay. Colina No. We are Colina Learning Center. So yes, we have the same name, it's the same uh, umbrella name. But what's really special about this project is it actually blends how you approach creating a residential area in uh, the middle of the hills, uh, somewhere in Romania, and there's almost nothing around, which yeah. means everything is possible. This is the great thing about it. Yeah. And they needed a school. But now what we are doing together, we're actually realizing that the, the school is what can make a community and a residential project to turn into a really... Uh, thriving, uh, happy, great community, not just a place where you end up having random people who may or may not have a yeah. good relationship together. Yeah. So we're, very, we're literally placing the school mm-hmm. as the center of the community. I keep saying, the way I see it is that, and this may be related to Colinano or not, uh, this is a message for me for everybody developing a school anywhere. I think we are the last, the truly last communal institutions that we still have in, in society because where everybody in the end, all families with children, not people who don't have children, they end up uh, being being linked to a school yeah. and then they stay there for many, many years. Uh, you know, if you have two children, and they are two years apart, and you go from preschool all the way to high school, you may end up being, I don't know, 20 years, yeah. 16, 18, 20 years. So for us, and the way uh, the way I see the role of a school is really the opportunity to yeah. bring a great contribution to not only the children, but the family, 
and also the community. Yeah, amazing. So, yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, and it, yeah. Uh, that idea of the school being heart of a community and a public space and a public forum and a yeah. relationship building and is amazing but you're doing it clearly in a really intentional way yeah. from scratch right from a blank exactly. canvas exactly and it's more than than the heart because an area like you say and we, we saw that the school is being the heart it's yeah. about relationship but we actually are developing a holistic curriculum yeah. that is everything that we need for the heart emotions for the mind, the intellectual, for the physical, the body and the physical world, the physical yeah. and also for the spiritual. We actually have these four areas of development. Yeah. So the school is not only the heart. For me, I also see it, it's, it can be the mind. It can be the physical center of the community yeah. and also the place where we can go for the spiritual needs to connect to our values, to connect to our identity. Yeah. So we're moving from uh, the school being just a relational place from the community as a place of learning and development, mm. you know? So the school actually has three student bodies, the students themselves, yeah. but also the students are all the individual adults. So every single individual in the community is a student. The family is a student, there's another learner we call them, and the community as learner. So we're actually yeah. designing learning for these three different categories different of levels. students. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. And that's that I think is one of the really, I think you said it, like truly innovative idea of taking the role of the parent and building that, like really placing that at the heart of what's going on because we know clearly parents have a huge influence on the outcomes for children whatever school you go yeah. to whatever teacher you have yeah. you go home and you interact in a home environment and the parents clearly have a huge role there but that idea of a dual curriculum integrated integrated mm -hmm. sorry integrated. we're not dual it sounds like they're parallel but yeah, yeah an integrated curriculum yeah is really an interesting idea to take learning lifelong right really yeah. truly lifelong yeah so what in practice does that mean because i'd love to get into some of the specifics sure. of the learning center and the curriculum and assessment and things yeah but before that in terms of just for some tangible kind of visuals if you like of what mm -hmm. how does it look for the adults in the village i've also heard you speak about yeah. the, taking a village to yeah. raise a child yeah. a great village, a great village exactly. to, to raise yeah. a child well which exactly. is lovely. So what does that mean for the parents and the adults in the, in the village? To the extent uh, to which I can, I'll share it with you, everything that we have uncovered so far, because yeah. like you said, this being the innovation to the greatest extent that we're going into, mm -hmm. we're actually in the phase of research and development and yeah. also co-creation, just so you know. So yeah. I can give you an example of how we're going about doing it, doing this, is that actually when now when we registered and we have the first 12, 15 families coming, which is yeah. great because we're literally in the middle of nowhere. There yeah. are 28 houses, yeah. there will be 600, but we only have 28 houses wow. now. 600. Exactly, in a wow. few years. Yeah. So we expect we're going to start slowly, slowly, yeah. and we're going to figure out and we're going to create the best way of doing mm -hmm. this with the parents as well and yeah. with the community. So this is just to clarify. I also don't see, I think sometimes uh, the schools, we make the mistake that we actually need to come with the answers and we're like this, you know, the, Absolutely. the source yeah. of enlightenment of and learning. Yeah. We're not going about it yeah. like that. We're actually... Um, developing this co-creation process. Mm. We have a development team and one of the main interventions and approaches that we see to it is going to be through coaching. 
And by creating a coaching culture, and we have a coach on board, and we're starting to do coach-like conversations with the teachers. All the teachers will be trained in coaching, but also with the community, we'll have coach-like conversations. And we have a learning designer on board as well, who's worked both with schools and with adults. So now, so we have the specialists, but now actually with the parents, we actually have two categories uh, for subscription, for registrations. Regular families, you just come on board, but you still... In the contract already, we included the parents as, as uh, learners. Good. So they actually yeah. signed the contract that yes, we're the, the child and the parents were all learners. This is what the child will do, yeah. this is what the parents will do. But we also have co-creator. We have the contract for mm. co-creators. They have a lower fee than the other yeah. families, but they agreed to be with us. And these are the kind of things that we are we are developing. First of all, we are developing our own learning model, which is those competencies that you need to be a thriving purposeful adult Mm -hmm. you know for on those levels emotional intellectual spiritual and Mm -hmm. and physical one of the things that we are doing also with the parents now is that we're actually piloting it so they are the first ones that are going to look at them try them and say is this really what is helping me to be a thriving purposeful adult in life yeah so it's one of the things we, we are doing the, yeah. the destination of the curriculum together with the parents and it's based on a very real lived adult experience. Nice. So this, I hope this is going to remove us from that fake grade oriented, exam oriented, yeah. purpose of schools, which just makes all relevance of education just go tumbling down. Yeah. So parents are developing the, the, uh, the objectives finally, you can say the standards where we have this overall standards that are competencies for a thriving purposeful adult. Yeah. And also, the way we are trying to do it now, we call them not teachers, learning designers, and we're using this project-based like approach expeditions. Mm-hmm. They are literally looking at the family. What is the family organically doing? And instead of just creating activities where the child learns a competency, yeah. and I'll give you an example, we will start focusing on the competency of developing great relationships. Yeah. We are actually going to design moments that already exist in the life of the family, like the family, you know, the dinner time conversation. Yeah. We are going to turn, let's say, yeah. one of those conversations into a learning opportunity for the family. And we're actually going to, you know, sometimes they're awkward for families, like <laughs> they literally don't know. So we're actually going to design that conversation for you with our learning design. We're going to give you a frame like, you know. Gets into some interesting territory of social engineering, right? Exactly. It's, it's, no, very interesting. One of the things that made me think, you mentioned rituals on the on the yeah. site I, I was reading yeah. and self-leadership yeah. and, and these, but then these rituals that create. Yeah. And I think that's that's a really interesting idea that there aren't, as you say, dinner time yeah. rituals, if you like, or, you know, annual, monthly, whatever rituals that happen organically. Exactly. But harnessing those as learning moments. Exactly. Because the one thing we're not going to do, Tim and your father yourself, it's become almost overwhelming. I read the, this quote from this book on parenting. It says, it's, parenting now is almost like a condemnation. You are condemned as soon as you become a parent and you have to know all these things and to do all these yeah. things. Like it's, it's been, and everything else. So it's such a learning and development intensive society in which we live. There's an estimate from the World Economic Forum that adults uh, these days for the different parts of their lives, but especially for professionally need and 100 extra days of learning. Mm. So we said, okay, the last thing we want to do is to say, okay, 
we're going to give you extra burdens as a parent. This is the extra learning yeah. you need to do from yeah. our school. And this is your homework. Exactly, this is your homework. So yeah. he said, this is also not the, not yeah. the way. So he said, let's do it. whatever you already need to do, whatever is organic, whatever is already there. How can we look at these mm. rituals? Yeah. Because every family, we all have them, uh, even if we don't call them that. They're already there. How can we turn them, just give them more uh, richness in the learning and development opportunities, yeah. doing them more deliberately? Yeah. For instance, whatever exists in the school, if you start looking at it through this frame, for instance, we're talking now about assemblies, okay? We said, why don't we have an assembly once a month for the whole community? Mm. And if we're at the theme of close relationships, let's do a practice of conversations, teachers and students and parents. So as we call them learners, everyone is mm -hmm. a learner, lear learning designers, you know. And also, how do you turn into an assembly instead of just a place, you know, what it is in, in schools of showcase, yeah. uh, school related, just uh, focused on, on children. If we do it holistically, why can't that just be like a place of joy and gratitude, which is what we're missing? We don't mm. have these places anymore, unless maybe you're religious and you go to you go yeah. to, to churches. So we said, why don't we make that a place where, as a community, we come together mm. to practice something, but also to be uplifted, to mm. be in a holistic way. So we're going to do like, yeah. like gratitude or appreciation ceremonies, yeah. or we're going to, to do something Amazing. that is joyful, simply, so uh, yeah. we go out of the craziness. So it's basically, I think I like the word engineering. Everything that already exists, if you just look at the true broader yeah. need that we have, like we yeah. need this holistic life and we all need to learn and develop and we cannot escape it these days. Yeah. So I'm sure that over the years we'll keep finding all these uh, all these new dimensions we can add to already existing moments, rites, rituals. Yeah, uh, amazing. And just, I would love, to, obviously, from an educational perspective, really would love to talk about the expeditionary learning and these things. But just before we go there, one of the things I'm also really interested in is the idea of inclusiveness versus exclusiveness. Because this is a big one, right? Yeah. You're creating an intentional community yeah. in an incredible place yeah. with an amazing, I mean, just an amazing opportunity for learning, for growth, for just an amazing childhood for these children, a family environment. But I've also heard Don, the yeah. who's the primary yeah, investor, the primary right? investor yeah. talking about the fact that he didn't want it to become an international elite kind of ghetto, if you like, yeah. but actually accessible to yeah. exactly. Romanians yeah. who would, it would be desirable for them to come and live yeah. there. So I guess my question is, how realistic is that? Is that seeming to be coming through in reality yeah. but then also how do you balance that tension of being very intentional as a community without being cliquey or cult-like almost you yeah. know some skeptics might yeah. go there right yeah. but there are exactly similarities with that yeah. idea right how do you balance those things it's one of the biggest concerns that, that i yeah. have and i don't have all the answers to it no. yet but we've made a commitment i, I can tell you, even from the investors because they are supporting the investors of colina noah are for now the investors of Colina Learning Center. Yeah. It doesn't need to be like this long-term, but one of the biggest uh, commitments we made is to go into this really like mid-market uh, phase, which is, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's easy to do innovation where you attract talent with, yeah. by paying them a lot of money, and yeah. it's easy. Even then it's not easy, actually. It's hard to do innovation, but it feels easier yeah. when you know you can attract this talent, yeah. you know. So we said no. 
we're just gonna first of all we know where we're gonna place ourselves financially that's a huge commitment towards inclusiveness it's still going to be a fee paying kind of school so that it leaves people out but it is at the level of prices that an average romanian family can afford and it's much lower i can tell you than international schools you know we have cambridge here on the door (laughs) so it's lower than cambridge schools or ivy schools or anything like that yeah but some of the approaches that uh, I, what I looked at, and you know, I've done this before in a school in Bucharest for 10 years, and we ended up having this hybrid Romanian Cambridge school, and then you enter into that competition for salaries. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, you, know, yeah. exa- you know, everything yeah. that entails. So I said, I, I went about it the other way around. This is the opportunity to start something new. Everything that all the methodology, all the models I looked at were from very from public schools, just so you know. Like yeah. expeditionary learning was created for public schools yeah. in the US. It's not a, an exclusive methodology mm-hmm. for these very yeah. elite schools. The culture and the adult learning, it came from both directions, you know. Also, I, I see it, uh, it's a necessity for parents and for everyone. And I know parents are more important than the school. Together we can do great, but parents are the first educators and we will yeah. never be able, we can complement yeah. but never replace them. So we may as well work, work with the parents. But also I looked at the uh, outstanding educational systems and schools who have this coaching culture. Yeah. So I know, if, for instance, if you, I'm going to give you an example, and I went to visit this school in uh, in England. Coolburn Apple is the principal of this school near London, who turned an underperforming public school mm-hmm. in an outstanding public school yeah. with no investment in. Uh, teacher training, no recruitment costs, whatever, you know, private yeah. schools goes into, into this. And how did he do it? It took him five years and I think it's going to take us a while, yeah. but he created this outstanding learning culture by mm-hmm. looking at the um, cultures of organizational learning from workplace situations. So I think there are many interventions we can use in yeah. schools who have been working in other places, but we're just not used to it. We're just mm-hmm. used to, I don't know, paying for things, making yeah. things more and more expensive. Yeah. There's yeah. potentially an, an interesting, as I've also heard Don talking about the participation of the parents and how much they are mm-hmm. willing to participate and volunteer almost yeah. into the learning center, then there's, you know, maybe a different fee structure for them. Yeah. And so that's interesting. But also I had the question, will the learning center only serve the children of the families who live in Kalina Nua or will it, will it also be accessible or open to other anyone who wants to come? bearing in mind the geographic yeah. location of it. For me, and also talking about accessibility, the solution in education is to make great education accessible to as many children as possible. So I, I don't yes. see ourselves as go- going to be only there. I think, uh, and especially for middle school and high school, I think you can have so many scalable models that you can create. Mm-hmm. Also because, and I, I know this is the kind of education we believe in, if you don't have the focus on the teacher teaching, but on the learner learning, yeah. actually you, you can have teachers doing a lot this way. We don't even call them teachers anymore. We said you're, if you're a learning designer, your job is to design learning. Yeah. If you make yourself redundant in a way, just because you end up creating these wonderful experiences that children are leading themselves mm. and uh, knowing what to do, then you can actually serve hundreds of children with the same instead of tens of children with the same amount of of teachers so this is our model we're just starting now with preschool and primary 
And preschool and primary, because of the ages of children, you still need to be of course. near mm-hmm. them just for supervision and their yeah. level of autonomy. It's normal. But from middle school and high school, I can see how we're going to have this model of outstanding learning designers that can be subject uh, experts somewhere. But in many places, we can just have these coaches yeah. near children. And then you can, uh, you, can, you can serve a lot, yeah. I think. Brilliant. Yeah. And no, it's one of model that works. Yeah. yeah. And so then let's all right, let's get into the specifics of the experience yeah. and the way that you've set it up. Because I know you've been working with you and to do some of that and then some amazing people and I bought her book. Yes, yeah. Olympia, yeah, amazing. And so it's and based in on the US was a public okay. high school principal. Oh, good. Innovative, uh, oh good. Oh good. Oh I didn't know that. Yeah, he's also What's his name? Doug Vader. Doug okay. Vader. Yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic. And so you've based the methodology on expeditionary learning yeah. but you've given your, your own yeah. twist because I've seen yeah. some of that work yeah. it's really interesting yeah. you want to just perhaps talk through what that means in practice again for students as a yeah. process sure basically what, what we're trying to do and it's very encouraging and fascinating as long as you have this long-term view of learning that's also lifelong and you also think about parents what works as parents so how does learning work we've actually tried to take these steps that work at learning at all levels, you know? So it's beyond learning a subject and then getting a grade for it and then taking the test. So we actually looked at how does learning work and this is Olympia's contribution because this is what she's passionate about. And she's actually synthesized the steps of learning. And we said, let's just have an expedition is just a learning journey. And learning has just a few very basic steps. And the first one is whenever we want to learn something as adults, because sometimes we don't even ask children what you want, you know, but as adults, we would not learn something we don't want to. So the first thing is for you to be exposed to, to, to something that gives you an impulse to learn. So yeah. this is why we call the first step discover. Yeah. And every expedition will have that step mm-hmm. discover. This is a place where we're always going to hear children and this is where they're going to feel because learning sometimes is very different what you think you want intellectually and what you're actually engaged yeah, in. So discovery is to really go down to what's important there and also what does the world need because it's not the yeah. world doesn't need a, te- a, a 10 in Romania, it's 1 to 10 and B. The world doesn't need a grade, you yeah. know. So discover, this is the first yeah. step, is what do I want to do? But what's also useful yeah. for the world. Nice. So this is the first one. Then the second one, we call it dream. Yeah. It's five steps just to tell them to in advance. It's yeah. discover, dream, research, do, transform. Yeah. Okay. So they're thought to, to lead to transformation. I think it's going to put a pressure on us. Again, you'll see, because it's <laughs> yeah. not lead. High ambition. It's not no. leading to exams. No. It has something literally changed yeah. in yourself mm-hmm. and around you because of this learning expedition. Yeah. Or have we just... Good. Created more bureaucracy, like we had the stack of papers and we felt successful as a school. Done. And then we exactly. put them in the bin at the end exactly. of the year. Exactly. Yeah. And my children heard. have just done it, even yesterday. Exactly. All in the bin. Or, or my diplomas. My diplomas, <laughs> I have never looked at them ever again. They're, they're somewhere, you exactly. know? Okay, so yeah. you discover. Then dream is something that I believe is a very, very important um, concept. And I know this was the only disagreement yeah. on this one. A healthy, a healthy disagreement. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I believe, you know, like uh, Martin. Luther King, I have a dream, or even me for this is, uh, I have a dream, and actually it was very hard for me to allow, give myself permission to dream, first of all, that I can do something big, Mm. and probably you had your own journey to get to the point where you said, I have a dream, and I'm going to do this in the world. So we're going to create opportunities for children to dream big, like, oh, what have I seen? 
I'm, this needs mm. to change in the world. Okay, now who's going to change it? What's your dream, dream for that? It's interesting that it comes after discover. I like that yeah. because because often we put pressure on people to kind of know their purpose and know yeah. their know their dream and lead with that. But actually, sometimes you just don't know what you don't exactly. know. So you need some time to exactly. look around and get discover, and then you can kind of formulate exactly. your dream. It's nice. And also, like discover, that's why it's also like what really motivates you because yeah. you go directly into in the intellectual. What do I want? It's almost like it's it's very frustrating so you don't get the answer yeah. if you don't have this divergence first of all it's true. so dream yeah. is where, where you converge and you actually allow yourself to say let's try to do something even in the six seven weeks of expeditions mm. let's try to do something great that the world actually needs that you want to do but then you you have the objectives with it yeah and then you go the other steps are more like tradi- what you traditionally you can also have in this dream you would definitely have a dream of having a great basic education like we also have standards you're yeah. going to learn to read you're going to learn to do math yeah. but it will be connected to something in real life. It's not going to be too connected. Do you have a dream to be an astronomer? Do you have a dream to have a business? You need to know math to be yeah. able to do budget and finances and all of these yeah. things. So they're dreams that are individualized, personalized, yeah. or are, some of the dreams are collective dreams. Are they? I, I just asked a question in terms of the expedition. So in terms yeah. of the way you're setting it yeah. up, will children be pursuing their own expeditions individually or are they, they're kind of collaborative Aspects we, to we, we think collaboration is something absolutely essential because it is in, in the world, honestly. Like, I don't know anyone, no matter what they do, to, to be yeah. able to be truly alone. You know, even if you yeah. go into this research mode, you are actually collaborating with a whole global uh, cohort yeah. of, of research of, yeah. of your time and other times. Standing on the shoulders of giants, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so it's, it, we do also have the concept of working in crews, okay. and we'll also have these limitations. Of, I think our life like mm-hmm. I always have this life check to everything that we do is this like yeah. a life or is it just a school thing where we ended up doing this because it's, it suits us but in life you have limitations of how course. much you can yeah. pursue your own dream you have the people around you you have yeah. limitations from other people your family your partner you can't always do only what you want yeah. or there's a big choice with that <laughs> no I think that's a really yeah. important aspect yeah. isn't it so we'll have part of the conversation and also mm. it's where we have the community because we actually want to do some of these expeditions with the adults and with it like what can we change in the community and then there will be a common voice that's mm. going to be yeah. of all these individual voices and there may be more roots like a individual but there will be a common uh, and yeah. collective approach uh, to it in the dream. This is yeah. how, how I see it. Yeah. And then you go into research. Then, yeah. is more of, of it, whatever dream you have. And even in learning, you, there is a room for information. There is a room for yeah. learning in the old style. And this is in research. You uh, will have a lot of room uh, for that. Yeah. And then you get into doing. This is something for me is very important. Because unfortunately, a lot of the old style education, the one I went through, was more like research. Nobody, I didn't discover anything. I had yeah. no dream. Nobody ever asked yeah. anything. So this is just like a lot of yeah. research. And the you output, definitely don't do anything. You don't do anything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's yeah. like, okay, if we, if our goal is like now. Now, uh, mm-hmm. we discussed with the communities, our close relationships, you know, we'll actually get into doing like, uh, let's, Let's see how we invite the community, how we meet families, how mm. we practice this communication skill, how we choose a reading um, yeah. of, that is related to relationships. And then the ultimate uh, thing in the end, and this is going to be, I think, uh, how, how we measure what we do, the assessment, yeah. is what has transformed, yeah. you know, what has actually changed. 
And this is where we use, and we're now devising this assessment, I'm using also a concept from the new kind of businesses that um, yeah. exist, like benefit corporations or conscious yeah. capitalism, where they are moving from one bottom line, the mm -hmm. profit. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's like the profit is a continuation of the grade. We have exactly. this arbitrary metric yeah. Yeah. in school, a number. And we value that above everything else. Exactly. And then you go into businesses and you have this arbitrary because money is in our invention in the end. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's what we measure. Yeah. But now in business, it's, uh, it has become, there are models uh, and um, I know some of them to stop doing that because it has led us to a lack of sustainability yeah. and the crazy world because we're only looking at money. So it's triple bottom line, which yeah. is profit, people and planet. Yeah. So now we're going to measure now our assessment and we're devising it. I don't have the answer to how we're going to do every single thing, but yeah. we'll have a triple bottom line approach to assessment, which is the first P is personal mastery of subjects. Sure. We need yeah. that and competencies and skills. Yeah. So there is like what have I learned even information yeah. but then you have people what was the impact of what we did in this expedition on the people around us has anything changed yeah. and on the planet with the resources that we use in the expedition with the focus of the expedition with how we mm. moved what, uh, what happened in school and around us in the families how, how have we impacted the planet mm. so we're always going to have like at six seven we'll see different expedition cycles we're always check at the end just triple bottom line yeah. approach brilliant no, that's really interesting because I think often it's that last piece. Obviously, the transform piece is the big ambition, and that's that's yeah. amazing. But I think in the traditional sense, the assessment piece it's the tail that wags the dog, right? Exactly. It's the it's the driver for the whole system. We often use that as our excuse for the traditional inertia of staying the same because yeah. of the exams and it's the universities and this is yeah. what they want. They need yeah. the grade to get yeah. the entrance, etc. But I do think, as you were saying, that idea of being somewhat connected and, and true to real life, there are accountabilities in real life. Yes. And if we need to build those accountabilities into the system, because as much as we would love in, intrinsic motivation everywhere, clearly that, that's not realistic. There are things sometimes you do because you've committed to, yeah. and you, you just have to, because you yeah. have a responsibility to do that, to come through, exactly. to, you know, to, and... That's an important aspect as well. Yeah. So I think that assessment piece is such a fascinating one. Yeah. In terms of how, you know, to be authentic, yeah. to true to that triple bottom line, but yeah. also then to maintain the drivers for the actual project as well. Not just to recreate that same dynamic, but it's got to be there, right? Yeah. yeah. You're, you're going somewhere and then... Yeah. then you, you recycle around and iterate and start back in Discover because you've learned more. Exactly. Yeah. And you start with the same triple filter mm -hmm. of people, planet, and also personal mastery yeah. of the subjects that you're studying and yeah. the competencies that you need to develop for yourself. Yeah. But it keeps repeating, which is yeah. like real life. I wanted to share a moment with you. It was one of those Discover moments for myself. Yeah. I'm really happy that it was in a time of my life I was on a sabbatical. I was in between projects where I stopped. I think this is why for me it's so important to have moments when we stop and kind of check and see what's happening with mm. us and sometimes it's from your body or this moment of emotions that you mm. can uh, reach out to bigger truths and the team and i can tell mm. you like the idea with the expedition sometimes i think we're just going to provide these moments to the adults because sometimes in adult life 
even if you have just that, the mm. moment to reflect, it's already a, yeah. a big contribution. Yeah. So one of the things, that, the ways I think this is going to work with adults, we're just going to provide these moments. Yeah. What each adult, adult puts in them, it's for themselves. But yeah. we're just going to automate like life-changing dynamics. So they're going to be linked to the school dynamics, yeah. which is again very organic for the parents yeah. who come there. But uh, I wanted to share this discover moment for myself. So I mean, on this sabbatical, I had done that school before for 10, I was part of a team for 10 years. I saw children when they were six, and then when I left, they were 16. And my own niece, I remember she told me, because that's why most people start school, my sister and started the school there for her children, right. and mm -hmm. they came along. And my own niece told me she was taking the IGCSEs, yeah. and she was like, at one point, very, very honest, you know, I have teenagers. I was like, come on, she used a much worse word, word I'm not going to use it now. Like, leave me alone with all this well-being and emotional intelligence, give us a break, because you know you're just training us for exams, like animals are being trained for the circus. And we know, and we want to do well on exams, but let's be honest, that's all we're doing. Yeah. This is all the high school is about. So for me, it was like such a, mm. you know, so, and I had, had this sense, that's when I stopped. It was like, and then I said, okay, I'm doing this sabbatical, what am I going to do next? And I went to an international conference of CI, uh, ECIS, you know, oh, yeah group of schools, very fancy international schools, <laughs> and I'm in this workshop about this new kind of schools that we're trying yeah. to create, and that there was a, there were different, very good schools presenting how they were trying this with a school within a school approach, mm -hmm. because, yeah. Like micro really, schools and... Like, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly, like just make a part of the school like this, yeah. and opt in for teachers, students, but not for everyone else. And there were about 30, 40 heads of schools, and you know, really big international schools, the kind of schools that have hundreds of... Um, tens and hundreds of millions of euros budgets, yeah. uh, some of them, and they're very important influential people to be in education. And they're people in position of authority, you know, they have yeah. thousands of students. Yeah. If, if you take all the people there, 30, 40, yeah. you know, and they're very elite as well, yeah. most of them, like you've said before. But I remember this moment, so for me this is just like a moment in my life I always go back to, where uh, they're presenting a research on grades, one of these schools, and they said, no, and we, we realize, you know, they don't work and the other alternate assessment that we we are using works a lot better and then one of the guys in the suits the head of school from there starts laughing out loud and saying well we've known for a long time that grades don't work and then everyone else is laughing and for me i had this moment you know it's like imagine you're at a conference of doctors and you have these people doctors are people of trust like yeah. as a school we have a responsibility you know and they would all say, but we know this drug doesn't work. But parents and universities, this is how the guy continues, we know we know grades don't work, but parents and universities keep asking us to do that. So what are we going to do? The problem is like, if it's not the 30, 40 people in this room yeah. who have PhDs, who have lifelong careers in education, who are going to change this, like who, who are we expecting? Who, who's going to change this? Yeah. That's an amazing story. It's not going to come from the center, right? The, the change comes from, I, I believe, it comes from the fringes, right? From the margins and, and has to, because the, for me, one of the challenges is that none of these ideas are new. And this is one of the things I, I find so interesting about educational change is that there have been progressive educational experiments forever, yeah, right? Exactly. You're right. Maybe not forever, but definitely, yeah. you know, almost yeah. as long as yeah. there has Pl been Plato public and Socrates. Of course, yeah. They're, they're, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Even particularly when there was this industrial model of education, yeah. 
yeah. on the fringes of that, there's always been progressive experiments. Yeah. And there will always continue to be progressive experiments, except the ones that are beginning, I think, to see some influence and change. They're, they're creating influence and changes are the ones that are showing that it's possible to do both and right it's not yeah. it's always been either or it's, it's always been like yeah. we, we prioritize the child and their well-being and their flourishing or yeah we prioritize their academic yeah. and instrumental path to career yeah. life success defined by profit and yeah. you know the, the first yeah. first exactly. bottom line that you were talking about versus actually that's a it's a false argument it's a straw man there is a way as you've mm-hmm. talked about to do both by having, as you said, personal mastery based on rigor and academic standards, as well as creating balanced human beings that understand themselves and can self-lead and these things. So I think that's where the change is going to come from, is when the system, if you want to give it this disembodied title, begins to see examples of practice where it is achieving big outcomes from both sides. Exactly as well as we begin to change our expectations about what success means as well. That has to happen as well, because we've had a very instrumental version of success, I think. And I think that's beginning to change because of the future of work and AI and all of these other influences that are coming in. Um, So, sorry, I'm taking over now. No, 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 please, (laughs) but I I agree. No, I agree with you 100%. I was about to go about this incrementally as well, and I'm just going to get... If we can, when we can, we'll do more with the mm-hmm. teachers and the parents. We know so much about learning and development yeah. from within schools, but parents and uh, are not specialists in learning. And I think universities, unfortunately, are not mm. specialists in, in learning. I, honestly, I realized yeah. that. I had this uh, yeah. uh, insight. You know, m- most people in universities are researchers. They're yeah. uh, specialists in other things, except yeah. for psychologists and universities. In their discipline. Yeah. In their discipline. Mm. So the only uh, yeah. literal, like the units within the world, the many, the place where this can change is in school. We yeah. are the specialists of learning and development. Yeah. And why do I keep adding this word development? It's because it was late in my own life that I found out about development theories for adults. I don't know if, mm. you, if you looked into this, like Robert yeah. Keegan. For me, it was exactly. yeah. just a few years ago. And I realized they have their formalized uh, theories and they discovered that most adults, 65% of us, end up at uh, lower stages of development than all our potential. So that's basically most of us remain, they're called socialized, you know, exactly that's a mindset where we said the system, what are the rules, we keep doing the same thing. Whereas... Some of us, 30-something, get to this self-authorship. You know, self-authorship yeah. is where I'm trying to have it now. Like, I'm going to do what I see is right. Yeah. But going back to what you said, being socialized, listening to the others, following the system was adaptively very good for a very long time. Yeah. But the thing is, in the ages that we live in today, and this is why I think it's going to change very quickly from now on, in the age where we live in right now, with the level of innovation, with the lack of, of certainty for, for our children, if we don't develop them into self-authorship, Absolutely. we are actually, that's why I told them, they should sue us with everything that we know. Because we cannot, we're setting them up for depression, for anxiety, for 
failure for not thriving yeah. because we, we're telling them uh, follow rules and you're gonna but you're gonna end up in a, in a world that doesn't have any rules or the rules keep changing every single time so we are morally bound because school principals before like the girl the typical girl's school where you were learning you know i thought it's so funny yeah. how to walk in a certain way adaptively in society it was yeah Good for you, you know, in, 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 in the end. Right. Good. But yeah, it, it served a purpose at the time. It's, it served yeah. a purpose. You know, now yeah. it doesn't serve a purpose anymore. But, yeah. but the only way we can do this as schools now that we know this is to bring teachers and parents along in the theory of learning yeah. and development. So it's for me, yeah. I'm doing this like this, not because I have a dream idealistic is because honestly I don't know how this will ever work uh, any other way around yeah. if we don't bring parents and teachers don't learn at Completely. the same time there's no way we can succeed for yeah. children so I'm doing this out of necessity yeah. not out of idealism yeah no, amazing I completely agree and I think I was having a, a similar conversation with I don't know if you know Valerie Hannon wonderful British educational just legend but she was talking about the, just the hold on the psyche generally, you know, the public psyche, that the narrative of the instrumental, get the grades, get yeah. the, that equals the university place, equals the good job. That's the route to happiness. And it, it's that unlearning that narrative that yeah. we've embedded so deeply and helping parents particularly exactly. to unlearn it. And I, I feel that very strongly in the cohort of parents in my daughter's school, you know, yeah. in a French college, I, I hear the, the narratives that are being discussed and they are just instances of that meta-narrative yeah. of instrumental kind of progress towards successful yeah. life. And it's a really interesting problem to try and unpick and help bring parents with us to do that. Amazing. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to continue the dialogues with us on social media with the hashtag Future Learning Design and on the Intrepid Ed News website, intrepidednews.com.